Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today I'm chatting with Susie Robb, mom, business owner, and interior designer. We're talking about the importance of creating a sanctuary in our homes, the beauty of using your gifts for the glory of God, no matter what they look like, and some practical interior design tips. Susie, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Blake. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you today because what you do is so cool and such a beautiful concept. So to get us started, can you just tell us a little about yourself, about your business, and about your nonprofit? Yep. Um, my name is Susie Robb. I am a interior designer and shop owner. Um, I own the store shop from, I've always just been passionate about interior design and I really feel like God had led me to a place where I was working in the home decor industry, um, on the retail side. And then just with a whole lot of courage opened up this interior design arm of the brand and that has evolved into what you see now, which is our nonprofit, um, the 626 Foundation. And so the 626 Foundation, what we do is interior design for families. We are completely donor funded. Um, it's all done by the grace of God. So it's new. We just launched in November and we just completed our first project. But it is my baby and I feel like my life's purpose. I love that so <clears throat> much because it's it's our home is so important. And I think that for some reason, maybe especially as believers, we have been led to believe that caring about your home is frivolous or unimportant. And I mean, I absolutely was raised in a home where we were taught that your home should be a sanctuary and you should feel safe and that there are like tangible ways to achieve that. Mm -hmm. So what, when you walk into a situation with 626 and you're, you're, you know, I know you've just create, um, completed your, your first project. What does that look like? Like, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of what that process looks like? You know, we've only done one under the umbrella of 626 foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have been doing this without knowing I was doing this for a while and God just kind of showing like, you know, really illuminating the path. Um, but real quick, 626 stands for Matthew 626. So that's the scripture that, um, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And I feel like nothing is by accident. And so when, when the, I kind of got to this place of opening this interior design firm and then making it a nonprofit, it was really just obvious that that's what it was going to be called the 626 foundation. Um, so the whole thing is based on the idea that uh, God will provide. It's about provision and then also about self-worth. God calling you more valuable than the birds. That's why he's going to provide. And so it's that um, the idea of provision. So, um, but to answer your question, sorry. No, we, no, uh, that was great. I was, I was doing a 
<laughs> I was doing a lot of projects um, before we launched the foundation. And I mean, I'm telling you nine times out of 10, it was for people that you didn't really know it at first, mm -hmm. but over, you know, the design process and getting to know them, realizing, oh my gosh, they have walked through something, mm -hmm. something that has made them stuck in their personal life. So either, you know, something's happened and financially they can't do anything into the house or there's been a tragedy that like the grief is too much to do something to the home mm -hmm. or it just falls along the wayside. But, um, that's kind of what I was finding with every project was these stories behind why they needed this, why they wanted to fix their house, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, and that's, I mean, your home is such a reflection in some form or fashion. And I just love that you had the heart and the eyes to go past that. Yep. And honestly, it yeah. And, you know, I was listening to some of your other podcasts and I love, I can't remember which one it was now, but you talked, there was one on grief, you know, mm -hmm. specifically on, um, grieving certain things and our reluctance to grieve. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just found that like, that's what I'm seeing in the homes is grief. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's keeping people stuck and then it's clutter, um, mm -hmm. you know, things breaking, um, being unhappy with the flow and just it, the home sets also, it, um, sets the tone for your, your life, your day, mm -hmm. your day to day, but also your life. First thing you see, it's where you come home at night. You know, I think it's supposed to be refuge. And for a lot of people it's prison. Mm. So our heart here is to help change that. And we're hoping that by giving people more optimism about their future, which then in turn, they can cultivate love for each other and their families and kind of, if they haven't start grieving, but also start healing, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's, it's a part of the healing process. Oh, absolutely. Sense. No, that absolutely makes sense. And it's, I feel like this is a gross simplification and I don't mean it that way, but I mean, even just for us in our home, there our home as of, as of now, doesn't hold any great trauma or grief, but man, when it starts to get cluttered with crap, I feel it in my soul, <laughs> like for real when the yeah. toys are overflowing and there's clothes everywhere and it's just junk. And so actually right before you and I are recording during the quarantine, but be even before we did a massive purge. And I swear I just, I could breathe easier mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. We didn't do any, we did a couple of little touch-up things here and there. But just throwing away stuff that I didn't even realize was suffocating us was, it breathed so much life into our home. And that's just a really simple, like, we just threw a bunch of crap away. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned quarantine. I think now more than ever, I'm seeing the importance of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, because now the people who otherwise would have tried to avoid the pain in their homes are being quarantined in them. Mm -hmm. And that, I think the effects of that on your mental health, on, you know, what's going on with your family, raising your kids, I mean, you can really be a toxic environment. And so I feel like once this is lifted and we're able to get back to work, I have this like new fresh zeal for we've got to help people like fix their houses, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love one of the things that you talk about that you've kind of talked about 
a little bit here, but just this idea of honoring the past and breathing life into the future in your homes. Can you expand on that a little bit more for us? For sure. So I am Graham seven and which is the, the (laughs) sort of what everyone says about that is their avoidance of pain. So (laughs) I also find it incredibly ironic that this is what I'm doing. Um, but I see it right. And so my sister is, um, she's a minister and what I was, I would go to her and say, you know, I've met this family and this is what they're going through. And, you know, what should I encourage them with? Cause she was also a chaplain. So she's very well versed in, um, grief counseling mm-hmm. and, you know, to be careful that you're not, you're not dishonoring whatever has happened to say mm-hmm. like, well, let's just throw some pain over it and we're just going to act like it never happened. And, Oh, look at this beautiful room that I've totally transformed for you and ignore the, the massive emotional implications that that might cause. Yes. So when I say honoring the past, I think one, it's making sure that these families are ready to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then also being very kind in the process, really listening to their needs and also just listening. They share their grief Mm -hmm. and it's cathartic, you know, for everybody. I think there's, there's tangible ways of honoring the past. You know, if it, it's loss of a loved one, let's do something with the decor that honors them, mm-hmm. you know, the favorite, their favorite color, or maybe it's a photo or whatever it is so that we're not just wiping, wiping the memories away. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're honoring them, but also that life goes on and God is with you and we can help you, um, have hope again. There's a quote that I absolutely love and I couldn't tell you who said it, but it says, um, this may not be the future I hoped for, but it can still be a future with hope. Mm. And that's just really, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I love that. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. Okay, so you know how I'm a huge fan of counseling, right? Well, I recently started working with a counselor at Faithful Counseling, and I knew I had to tell you about it. Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling network, and it's an incredible solution for people looking to find the help they need. I found the sign-up process to be really straightforward. You answer some questions, and you get matched with a counselor all within 24 hours. After that, you can log into your account at any time and message your counselor, plus scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. The extra bonus is that I found it to be really affordable, and they've extended a discount of 10% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian to join the other 500,000 people, myself included, who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Head to getfaithful.com slash Christian for 10% off your first month and to get started. We are, I've talked on multiple podcast episodes about how terrible we tend to be about holding space for grief and allowing one another to mourn. And I feel yeah. like this conversation just further confirms that that holding that space is possible in pretty much every facet of your life. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's possible to do that well and lovingly with paint colors and decor, 
you can do it with your time and you can do it with your words and you can, you know what I mean? Like we, I think it's so important that uh, you're doing that for people. Is what it Absolutely. A hundred percent. We're, and it's exactly what you said when we were talking about your Enneagram type. I mean, I have a seven wing, so I, I have a very strong seven wing. I don't like to feel the things. <laughs> Let's just move yeah. on. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But that does not only myself a disservice, but it does other people a disservice as well. And it's yeah. it's being willing to lean into the uncomfortable because I'm learning as I just generally grow as a human that God is so present in the uncomfortable and so present in the Oh yeah. Let's like let's give this room to do what it needs to do. And I love that you're holding that for people in their homes. Yeah. Um, my sister, her name's Victoria Rob Powers. She says, um, God is not absent in the dark. God is everywhere in the dark. Mm-hmm. And sort of that idea of like, you know, holding space and not being alone in the holding of the space because mm-hmm. God to sit down with you. So really this whole ministry feels like um, grief share, grief counseling. Yeah. Um, I, I I went through a divorce about three years ago and I taught divorce, um, care, which was basically, you know, grief counseling. And I see again how God wastes nothing. And so now I'm able to do it with my career in these, you know, by helping people in their homes. Um, a lot of like, and using your gifts is what's so cool about it. You had this natural, no, right. Well, but the fact that you're, you have this natural lean towards, you know, beauty in a home. And your question is, how can I reconcile this with what Christ has done for me? And that this is mm-hmm. how you've done that. And how, I mean, that's so freaking cool. And also mm-hmm. just shows how sweet God is when we are obedient. He gave us our gifts on purpose. And he yeah. wants us to use them to glorify him. Yeah. And it doesn't have to look like standing on a stage mm-hmm. and speaking into a microphone. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, if you're gifted, you know, I have a friend that's an incredibly gifted artist. And I know that she adds element of light and levity and joy to people's homes because her love of Jesus, even though she's not painting crosses necessarily... Like, her love for Jesus is expressed through her work, and then her work hangs in people's homes. And it's the same thing. And We've pigeonholed gifts, quote-unquote, spiritual gifts, to, like, speaking and teaching. And it's just not – we're just – we're putting God in a box and missing out, I think, on these opportunities to do exactly what you're doing, which is stretch your wings, use the gifts he's giving you, and still further the kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. I just love it. It's just, I get real hype when people are using their gifts to glorify God and it doesn't Mm -hmm. look quote unquote textbook. It's like my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, it's such a blessing and I feel really grateful because I think like, you know, a lot of people are searching for purpose and I think purpose is just that it's Mm -hmm. using your gifts. Um, and, in ways that 
like you were saying about thinking outside the box and don't put God in the box, but like you've been blessed with talent in one area. And if you use that to, as your ministry, like that is purpose that will give you that sense of, um, identity, you know, and just, I, I love it. And I, it does, I don't take it for granted because I know not everyone may feel like they have found that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is like, that's what God wants for everybody. Yes. No, I completely agree. And I think that there are, there are a lot of people out there in search of that. And mm-hmm. the thing is, and this is, I'm trying not to get too passionate and yell into my microphone, but <laughs> if that looks like being a mom, you are literally building the next generation of believers. Right. If you feel like your gifting is as a mom, if you feel like your gifting is in an office or outside of the home, you are using your God-given gifts to further the kingdom and you can still build the next generation at home. It's just that like, right. We are, we are the ones boxing God in instead of being open-handed with the ways that we know that he's equipped us and, and looking side, we're like looking side to side, trying to check and make sure it's okay Mm-hmm. Instead of just functioning out of the way that he's made us. Yeah, definitely. This is this last question is kind of for both for me and for the listener. But what is your number one go-to interior design tip? Like, say the person that's interviewing you is just not great at this. What would you tell her, hypothetically? <laughs> um. Oh, my gosh. See, there's so many. But... um. Okay, you can do your top three if you can't whittle it down. (laughs) Okay, well, I had an article that I had written on my blog about, like, um, common design faux pas. Mm. And I feel like that's that's actually very helpful. Um, But usually it's, um, I would say, lighten things up unless Mm. you're intentionally going for something dark and broody and, you know, very moody. If that's, okay, that's okay, that's it. But for the most part, I think people naturally pick paint colors that are too dark. Mm -hmm. I think they're almost always pick furniture that is too small rugs that are definitely too small. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, they kind of throw function by the wayside. So you see a lot of areas where, um, the function is just not there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's really where the skill comes into play because you just might not know that, you know, about like, okay, well, if I'm going to create a conversation area, these, this is what I need to do. These are the heights that I, things like that. But, um, aesthetically, if we were just talking about aesthetics, well, I would say, uh, keep it light and bright. Uh, if you're not going for something moody and go bigger than you think, always go bigger than you think with rugs, with paint, with artwork, with furniture. Um, that would be probably, that's such good advice though. I mean, I can put that into practice, go light and bright. And go bigger than you think. Heck yeah, I can do yeah. that. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. You got um, it. <laughs> okay, so we've already covered your Enneagram type for our rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. The second question is usually, what's your coffee order? Um, well, right now I'm just drinking black coffee. But <laughs> if I were to tr- hashtag treat yourself, <laughs> I would do a um, dirty chai latte mm. with coconut milk. So dirty means they add a shot of espresso. Mm-hmm. So you can do extra dirty, which is two shots 
Oh, snap. Uh, I have that is not safe. No, so I don't drink caffeine because, <laughs> like, hashtag anxiety. But <laughs> when I used to, I loved dirty chais. That was my jam. And I do buy decaf chai and make it at home. So it's the best. The yeah. last question is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. I still haven't decided. Um, I'm going to say time travel. I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick with time travel. Yeah. Don't stick ask with your me instinct. what I would do with that power because it's all probably very selfish things. But <laughs> No, we don't have to go that deep into it. We're just, you can just tell us what your superpower yeah. would be. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just, both of our sevens will come in real strong. We'll be like, no, 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 it's yes. fine. We can just <laughs> exactly. scooch right past that. <laughs> Um, Susie, thank you so much for taking the time to share your heart and your gifts with us. Uh, I can't wait for people to hear this episode because it's so, it so well bridges the gap between tangibility and the spiritual. Um, tell people where they can find and follow you on the interwebs. Okay. So on Instagram, I'm at from Susie. Um, it's susyrob.com. That's where the blog is. Um, the shop, if you want to shop home decor is shop from And then the foundation is 626foundation.org. You can go and donate, which is so appreciated. So if you wanted to apply for yourself or you wanted to, um, refer somebody that you know that you think could benefit from something like this, um, that's where you can do that. And sort of the types, if I can real quick, um, the yeah sort of the type of applications that we're getting um if there's been like a divorce which absolutely wrecks your home mm-hmm. um no matter how amicable the divorce is it's such a change and it's such a shift um but also widowhood so if you've lost a spouse um and then death in general so death of any loved one really um illness if you know some a disability or a terminal illness Um, basically anything that has ravaged your home, loss of employment, something that has shifted things for your whole family where you feel like you hate coming home. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if it's just, we can help you again, going back to the grieving process, it also takes for these families. And when you apply, we've got a board of directors that reviews it. And we have a set of questions that we ask, but basically asking them, are you ready you know, kind of like when Jesus is asked, man, do you want to be made well? Like there has to be that, um, they have to be ready. Um, otherwise the hope is wasted. And so there, there is a question, questionnaire, um, some back and forth to make sure that they are. And then if that's the case, we just move forward. We, we only can do what we have the resources available to do. So sometimes it's one room, but sometimes, you know, we could do a whole house. So it just depends. And we really are totally, the onus is on God to provide a means and a way for us to do this. And we believe that he keeps confirming it. Um, and we're just going to keep marching on. I love that so much. And I love that y'all are so intentional with it. I think it would be really easy to kind of throw it around and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we can absolutely help. And, you know, God has called us to be intentional with our time and with our resources. And so I just love that top yeah. to bottom, your your business model looks so Christ-like. Because I think that that models for people that that's possible. That you can build a business around 
mm. you know, spiritual and, mm-hmm. and gospel concepts and it still be successful and it still help people. And I think that's just really oh, needed. Absolutely. And wildly, it should be wildly more successful. Because right. The, the gifts are wisdom and discernment. And if you have those two, I mean, God, it's, nothing is impossible. So I wish everyone would just take gospel principles into the workplace because right? they are. I think everybody would be so much happier. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So good. Thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. Yes. Thanks for having me, Blake. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, Can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.